Welcome to the Wisdom Lifestyle Money Show. I'm your host, Scott Dillingham. The goal of the show is to show you how you can grow personally, financially, have a larger net worth, and leverage your largest asset to help you develop the person you want to be. I take you through all the steps I did from being nothing to being told that I was nobody and I was never going to accomplish anything, from getting kicked out of high school to owning a multi-million dollar real estate portfolio in my own company with more than 20 employees. You'll meet our partners, you'll meet our friends, you'll quickly discover how you can improve your life. So listen in and enjoy the show. Welcome to the Wisdom Lifestyle Money Show. I'm your host, Scott Dillingham. Today I have two really special guests with me, Arthur and Chris from the Downtown Business Accelerator. How are you guys? Very good. Thank you for having us. Awesome. I'm excited to have you guys. It's my first uh, three-way podcast. It's always (laughs) been just one-on-one, so that's awesome. So welcome. So usually when we start these, we'll start off with your childhood and growing up to kind of get to where you are now, and then we'll talk about how you guys help businesses and some wisdom you have to share with people and that type of thing. So we'll start with you, Arthur. Okay. So I'll go... Not way, way back, but way back, I came here to Windsor, Ontario from uh, Romania when I was 13. My dad ran away during communism, so I didn't see him from like the age of 9 to 13. He went from Romania to Hungary to Austria and finally to Canada. And uh, it was a little stressful at first because Hungary, when he got there, he basically uh, couldn't claim refugee status because still a communist country. And uh, price of a human life back then was a wagon of salt for a refugee sent back. Oh. Fortunately, <laughs> he made it across to the Austrian border. And then uh, in uh, 92, my mom and I came to Windsor. And uh, um, it was interesting because one of the really the reasons that I'm passionate about the accelerator is like once I graduated university here, I couldn't find a job. So I went to South Korea to teach English. Uh, I met my now wife there, who's from Cape Breton. We came back to Windsor again, couldn't find jobs. She went back to do her education degree, went back to do my MBA. And then uh, I started the Accelerator like 10 and a half years ago. And one of the reasons I'm passionate about it is because I don't have my, I don't want my, my two kids to have to leave the city to do something that they care about, that they're passionate about. If you can't find a job, you can hopefully, with our help, create one. That is so cool. That's so cool. I love it. And we're going to talk more about that in a minute. Chris. How was your uh, upbringing to get you to kind of where you are now? I'll, uh, I'm American uh, originally. Okay. Um, I moved here in 2006 um, and I was working for a marketing firm or a design agency in Southfield. And I, I right out of Wayne State University, graduated with a, a design degree and worked there for 16 years. It was like my dream job, but it was a smaller agency. And after 16 years, I'd kind gotten as far as I could get. And having moved to Canada, the back and forth between the tunnel was becoming a bit much. And I'd started freelancing on the side a little bit and wanted to turn that freelancing into an actual job and had no idea how to do that at all. And one day, a friend of mine came to me and said, hey, have you heard about this thing that just opened downtown called the Accelerator? And I said, the Accelerator, what's that? I said, it's a co-working space. I said, co-working, what's that? Yeah. It's where all these companies come together and share resources and work together. So I, I went in and I yeah, ended up being one of the first people to get an office. This was when it was still on Olette Avenue downtown. Okay. And being one of the first people in there, I was most times the only person in there. Um, okay. So a couple times I'm just going, what the heck have I done? This is crazy. But flash forward, it was one of the best decisions I ever made in my life. And I now have a successful design agency. I'm also the president of the Accelerator. And in addition to design, entrepreneurship is now one of my passions. So I want to be able to share that experience and help other people do the same thing. That's so cool. I love it. 
And it's so cool how both of you, you had different paths and then it brought you to the same place at the same time. So that's super cool. Yeah, I had no intention of pursuing entrepreneurship. It's something, a byproduct, I think, for both mm -hmm. of us in terms of just being at the accelerant and then you get exposed to all these incredible people, incredible business opportunities. And um, you realize that we're just scratching the surface. And certainly, I think Windsor-Essex, uh, certainly a very new concept. Uh, um, there's a huge opportunity here. No, I love it. Now, <clears throat> when I started Land City, just to be fair and honest, I didn't actually know about the accelerator and the services that you offer to like businesses and how that sort of works. So do you mind elaborating here for someone who's maybe listening and they've never heard of like a business accelerator or that type of thing? Yes. Um, it's, a, it's, it's a very interesting model. In our case, too, we provide uh, a lot of incubators or accelerators will be very specific. They'll be fintech or medtech or whatever. We provide support to all types of business of every kind, whether you're a service or uh, an app company, etc. cetera. Uh, you have access to anything from like drop-in space to um, your own office or as if you're a larger team, like in your case, you'd have your own suite for to 20 employees. Um, about five years ago, we purchased our own building. It's 55,000 square feet. It's a very unique model because it offers that sort of stepping stones from getting a drop-in office to getting a full office. And on top of that, you get obviously the network of the businesses, but also programs such as our entrepreneur roadmap that we run. We have a women's program that we run. We also run a very successful high school program that was just recently sponsored by Tepperman for the next three years. So introducing that culture of entrepreneurship early on yeah. to, to our youth, I think is critical here. That's so cool. And I remember you guys gave me a tour probably right before COVID or right as COVID started. And you guys have some historic items in there. Is it still there? These items, I don't want to ruin it in case they're not. There's a few things in there. The building was built in 1929. It was the Purity Dairy. Uh, the whole building is built, just this crazy concrete construction, and it's a maze. Uh, but when we had one of our uh, grand opening parties, a lady came up to me and she said, I have to talk to you. My great-grandfather built this building. Wow. So we had this great conversation. Turns out her great-grandfather was Leo Page, who was the chairman of the board for Purity Dairy. And she came back a couple days later with these family photo albums of photos from when the building was an operating dairy. It was just fascinating. I'm running around the building trying to figure out where these photos were taken because it had been renovated so many times over the years. But there's a lot of history in that building. Oh, that's so cool. I love it, too. You wouldn't believe the character of the building until you go through the building. And the nice thing is the dairy was like an economic engine back in the day. We have this cool picture of like literally 50 gentlemen with their white, white shirts on ready to deliver milk throughout the city and whatnot. We envision it as a with sort of new economic. Yeah, with the horse and, with buggies. The horse and buggies lined up. <laughs> <laughs> and this is the new economic engine of the future, right? Where you yeah. have different types of businesses collaborating together and hopefully creating the next... Uh, a unicorn out of Windsor. Yeah. Now, just out of curiosity, do you know back when it was dairy, what they used the turret for? Do you have any idea? That was actually the head office of the, I think, Leo, the chairman. Because it was on the, the second floor of the turret is where the chairman's office was. So his desk, the way it was situated behind him was the round turret window. That's yeah. so cool. <laughs> it's pretty yeah. amazing. Yeah. 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 That's so cool. No, that's awesome. Cool. I love it. So I know you guys, do different things and, and there's all these programs and stuff but how did like covid like how do you feel like that affected local businesses and the economy and that type of thing i think it was just an absolute nightmare for a lot of them um 
we had to work with our clients, extend credit terms, and just make sure that our goal during COVID was to make sure that we keep all the business that we could help in business. So, yep. um, we're, we've just recently started catching up with everybody's yeah. rent and things like that. But we tried to identify grants for them, potential programs they could apply for. Uh, and you got to keep that moral support because I think that the hardest thing was the uncertainty, right? Nobody knew when it was going to end. You had all these shutdowns and they're not a, a client, but they're a friend of ours. A more cafe, for example, they had just opened for six months. And it's a point where you can only have three people go in there. And I used to go make sure I go every day just for that like conversation because they're ready to, they're thinking potentially, okay, do we close this down now and whatever. And now they just, you know, opened a much bigger location and they're like killing it. And it was just so nice to see the success stories that came out of it. But I think it was the providing that, that social, moral and you know, like support that, that made the biggest difference to our clients. No, that's so cool. And being able to be around other businesses that are run by people who are, uh, doing the same thing as you so giving up everything to f to follow your path it's it's scary and in normal times and then bring in a pandemic when all of a sudden it's good to have that support system around you where there's someone who's might be a little further ahead in business than you or maybe a little bit less ahead than you but you've got things you can share with each other you can help each other through that just from a, a camaraderie standpoint let alone the professional services that we can offer on top of that no i love it and it on my end, so mortgage end, I notice more clients now are self-employed because they've maybe lost their job during COVID and now they're trying to follow their passions. Do you, are you guys seeing that? Absolutely. I, there's been, I think, a massive trend in people like who, even if they didn't lose their job, but they started a side hustle and all of a sudden that side hustle, especially if I was online, it took off, right? Because a lot of online businesses were very successful and they realized I can do this for for a living so i've seen quite a few people that decided to like quit their jobs or move into their side hustle that permanently cool. so yeah. yeah i think for windsor it was like almost this um push that the city would have never got without covid because it forced people and sometimes necessity is the mother of all invention right uh, it brought us in, in in line with everybody else where people now looked at entrepreneurship as like hey this is a legit way to make a living and incredible. yeah have a career so, yeah now, so working with business owners every single day, you guys probably see a lot of what works and what doesn't work. Do you have any top tips or do you see common themes with business owners where maybe they're struggling, where you find you're often giving the same advice to different people? Like, what would that be? So if somebody who's listening today could hear that and, and learn from, from this. One of the number one things for business owners, people who are just starting off, et cetera, is be flexible and ask for help. People are here to help you just like they've helped us. Um, you just be, you have to be willing to take advice and realize that in business, there's a lot more unknowns than knowns, right? So you have to, 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 to deal with uncertainty and the way you're going to make it is by understanding that you don't have control over all the factors. You just have control of how you react to these, all the things that happen. And, uh, if you're obviously, if you've got a good product service, a good team around you, you're going to make it. Um, it's going to be tough. It's never easy. There's no guarantees. The struggle's guaranteed. The success isn't. But I think if you surround yourself with the right people and you're willing to, to take advice and, and search out advice and connect with the right people, you know, find the right partners, uh, make yourself vulnerable, you know, go to networking events, go talk to people. Um, you'll get great joy out of that. More, more, the people who fail are the ones who don't do anything <laughs> and yeah. hope for things to work out. Yeah. You can 
visualize all you want, but if you don't get out of your house and actually make it happen, don't take action. Action is the foundational key to all success. Um, I think that is hugely important. Yeah. yeah. So that makes sense, right? So take action, be coachable and uh, adaptable as things change. I love it. Do you have any special advice as well? Be able to, to, to not only know, but to be able to vocalize what you can't do. Okay. I'll see so many founders and business business people come in and say, oh, I can do it. I can do that. I can do that. I can do that. I can do, of course I can. And they try to take all of this on. And when you try to take on that much stuff, you're not going to be able to do it all. You might do, find out what your strengths are and focus on those and where your weaknesses are. Be able to say, Hey, you know what? I can't do that. If you can't answer a question with a client, say, you know what? I don't know the answer. Let me find out. Yeah. So many times I'll see people muddle their way through a a made-up answer and I'm just like oh no what are you doing now you got a back now you you look like you don't know what you're talking about because you don't so that's another big one and having Arthur said having the right team I've seen a lot of companies that had so much potential but just the the team dynamics weren't moving in a fluid way they were you know aggravating each other and that just made things fall apart so it's important to make sure that everybody you're working with is on the same plane and going in the same direction yeah and get your contracts done early <laughs> get yeah. that out of the way <laughs> partnerships are always the worst possible way to do things because there's too many unknowns like if you can't incorporate put all the terms down so everybody knows what the expectations are what you're bringing to the table what your responsibilities are yeah. and for like young founders who are just starting out like, like chris was saying understand what you don't do well and then use a place like the accelerator to complement that because we can connect you to mm-hmm. a bookkeeper, to an accountant, to a lawyer, to don't do your own books. If you don't know anything about bookkeeping, yeah. because the CRA will, you know, will penalize you. you. They will yes. come after you. That was one of my challenges starting out was bookkeeping. I, I based my agency that I built on the agency that I left because I paid a lot of attention to how my boss then dealt with clients, how he handled invoicing. And I just took that model. I picked it up and I look ready-made agency his agency had cash reserves. He had all this other stuff going on. I didn't, I was operating a business based on how I knew home finances worked and they're totally different ball games. So I was at uh, my accountant at one point, she said, look, you need to hire a bookkeeper because you're paying me $250 an hour to fix basic bookkeeping mistakes. So go get a bookkeeper and learn business accounting. So I went and learned business accounting, got a bookkeeper and fixed that stuff. But that was, was something that I just had no idea. I'm like, oh, just take this and drop yeah. it here and it's going to work. It, it didn't. <laughs> <laughs> life is life is funny like that. But uh, I'll share this with you guys. You might know this, but I just recently completed a course for peak performance for work, right? And you learn a lot about psychology, about the human beings and success and everything just to really take an eight-hour day and accomplish that full eight hours of work in two hours. That's the mm-hmm. goal of the course. So then you can really do more in a day. So anyways, when I did it, and so I want to share this because this is what Please we're talking do. about. Yeah, absolutely. What they're saying is for people that have goals, if you verbalize it to the world, because I know everybody says verbalize your goals because then you're putting it out there. Right? But what they're saying is what happens psychologically and, and within your body is your body releases the dopamine hit. So it's like you've already accomplished it because you're saying that you're doing this. And then people end up giving up and they don't pursue the success because they feel they've already achieved it. So what they're saying is when you have a goal, write it down, but keep it private. So you're still putting pen to paper. You're still making it official that this is your goal, but because you're not sharing it, you didn't get that dopamine reward. So then you'll actually strive to actually officially achieve it in real life. Have you guys seen that or heard of that before? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Because you're celebrating before you've done it, right? So you've already got the 
the reward. Yeah. <laughs> so you're not going to accomplish the task after. If I give you a medal before you run the race, you're like, ah, I don't have to run this marathon. <laughs> I already got the, my, my marathon uh, label. But, uh, I think it's also, uh, to your point, of celebrating some of the milestones along the way. So let's say my goal is I write it down. I'm like, hey, I'm going to make X amount of dollars by the end of next year. Stop along the way and celebrate like your your smaller milestones and successes because, you know, especially in business, it's really a marathon and, and you have to once in a while stop and appreciate where you've come from and how far you've made it, even though you may still have some ways to go to the final goal. I've heard that one too. Yeah, just celebrate the small victories. Doesn't have to be elaborate, right? You don't have to go buy a Tesla. No. Definitely treat yourself here and there so you feel that rewards. So I have a question for you in terms of that course. Um, did they say anything about, uh, especially life work balance? We all juggling multiple things nowadays. Yes. So anything to share on that? So what I learned, and it's, I'm so glad you asked. This is, it's so mind changing. And after taking this course, I have this inner peace that I never had before. I swear to God, because I was like, I got to do this, got to do this. And I'm running all over the place. A lot of it is work-life balance, but what they're saying is your body, even look at your sleep cycles if you have a sleep tracker. You'll see you'll go into REM sleep and then you're out of it for like an hour and a half and then you go back into it. So your body is in a permanent 90-minute cycle. So what they're saying, so even when you're awake after 90 minutes, you have a downturn. They're saying just rest and recover. So there's a couple things and it's like silly stuff and I haven't done all of it, but some of it is like, and you couldn't do this during the workday, but a cold shower that'll refresh you. Yeah. Staring at a wall because you're desensitizing yourself by staring at a wall for five minutes. Yeah. Stretching, going for a walk in nature, and just take these quick five minute little breaks because everybody works, 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 but you don't stop to rest and recover. Right. So, by doing that, what happens is when you leave to go home for the day, you can leave everything behind you because you've accomplished it and you've rested. So, it improves your work life balance because then you're at home and you're present in the moment instead of thinking, I got to do this or I got to do that. So it really resets you. And I love it. Even breathing techniques you can do. There's all these different things. Even things that, like, for me, there's a lot of those that I do. Um, but even things like, you know what, if I'm frustrated on a project, I've learned that trying to work through that project, being frustrated doesn't get the project done. It <laughs> means I get the project done with mistakes and yeah. then I have to redo it and it means more work. So when I start to get frustrated now, I just stop and I'll go, maybe I'll go do the dishes. Maybe I'll fold some laundry. Maybe I'll go for a walk, just something to get my mind out of that frustration mode yeah. into a new mode. And then I can come back to it. And it's like brand new, fresh excitement yeah. to do that project again. Exactly. And the one thing they said not to do specifically, because a lot of people will do it, is they'll look at their phones or they'll check social media as breaks or they'll even read a book. And a lot of times I, I would think about it and like reading a book's relaxing, but your brain's still going when you're mm -hmm. writing a book. So you have to disconnect your brain for a little bit. So that's why all these things I mentioned and like what you're mentioning, doing the dishes, right? You're just thinking about doing the dishes. Yeah. You're not, your brain's not going a mile a minute. And so that resets you. So then, yeah, you can enjoy your home life. And I find the, the more that you do those, the easier it is to turn yourself out of those stressful situations mentally and start to, to just almost naturally tone yourself down yeah. too. It starts to become more of a habit and less of a, Oh my gosh, I've got something. I've got to figure something out. It, you become much more calm. It works. My team walks by. I feel a little weird, but sometimes they'll see me in here stretching and I'm like, whatever. Doing like, it's part of my break. I'm <laughs> recovering. Yeah. yeah. I'm, a, I'm a, like, a fan of the Pareto principle because, you know, I want to get the 80% by doing the 20%. Right. Yeah. So all these little things that 
that you just mentioned, like the cold shower, the stretching, meditation, breathing, going for a walk. Um, these are available to everyone. They're so simple and easy to use. Um, and it's just understanding your point when you're like, you've reached that, like, hey, I need a break now. Like we always joke because we like, we'll go, go. And then you stress out the point where it's like, you need to break the silence. You have a joke, you go for lunch, mm -hmm. you go for a little walk. And all of a sudden you come back and that problem that seemed unsurmountable. Now all of a sudden you're like, oh, fuck, we got it done. And like, yeah. sorry. No, sorry. <laughs> it's complete. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it's, uh, yeah, I think even Mel Robbins, her you know, five, four, three, two, one to like, yep. just calm down and reset and like refocus instead of just staying in that moment of anxiety. And yep. And the other thing I learned, which is cool, and I'll share it because you might have value in your business, but they say batch your work. Instead of having your email open all day and responding to it instantaneously, even if you did. 20 minutes every hour of it and you just logged in you did it you can get all your emails done in a fraction of the time instead of it literally taking you all day because if it's open it's going to take you all day to do your emails and they're coming they're constantly all of us mm -hmm. probably yep. get like literally hundreds of hundreds emails a day <laughs> yep. so yep. and, and it's stressful right because that constant being as well so when you yep. say well, you set aside then it's out of your mind right it's yep and you focus on your another project that you have to do or task right and then you come back to it and you do it and I've had, surprisingly, I've actually had clients tell me that I'm responding faster to them or they feel it. Right. But really, I'm actually doing my emails less than I did before. So I don't know. But it's it also probably because you're focusing your entire energy on that, right? Because yeah. now you're, and people feel that, whether it's like we're doing it in person or even of a phone call. I know if the person's engaged with me or if they're distracted, you yeah. can kind of mm -hmm. feel that, right? Yeah. I think to do especially high impact work, you really have to be like totally focused and give it a hundred percent. If your mind is elsewhere, you're not going to get the best. Super cool. I love this conversation. Uh, so another actually thing that I find super cool, and you just sent me a, a thing on it the other day is working with new businesses. You guys actually have access to like investment opportunities for startups, right? I know people wish that they got in when Google and Apple and Facebook were just starting, right? So this is like really cool because you could potentially get in on something that's, that's worthwhile. So I know we can't talk about returns or anything on here, um, but would you maybe be able to elaborate on one of them without naming company names, like just an opportunity that's available? For sure. Like one company that actually we're a part of, Chris and I, is uh, we'll mention the name. It's because our company, Petite Homes, but building tiny homes, right? okay. which is a huge, um, you know, it came out of a partnership with one of our graduates who's now in San Francisco. He's working augmented reality. Took that idea to build it to the into the tiny home market so you've got the really incredible technology so we can use an application to basically show somebody what the tiny home looks like on their plot they can walk through it uh, just by using their phone so you can really visualize it uh, but i think it also solves a massive problem that we're dealing with now which is housing and affordability of housing right because the average house i think is what 550 now or something like that. now that it's cooled a little bit in windsor yeah but still that's what across canada and yeah. i for us to build a tiny home, the cost don't necessarily increase uh, in the same way that buying a, a three-bedroom home in Windsor versus buying a three-bedroom home in Toronto would be a drastic difference. Yep. For us, we can build it relatively for similar price. Excitingly, too, we're the accelerators, the North American landing pad for GAMIC, which is the Global Automotive and Mobility Innovation Challenge. Okay. And last year alone, we had 1,500 applicants from around the world to apply to our competition. Okay. We had our finals um, this April, past April at Cobo Hall, Huntington Place. Um, some of the companies came in person, some uh, were virtual, but these are companies from all over the, the world. Uh, 
a lot of them are from Europe, a lot of them are from Asia, uh, some from Canada and the United States, but they all specifically want to have a, a physical present in Windsor and Detroit because they want to be tied into the new mobility um, push that we're, uh, we're promoting here. And obviously we're well established with our history and automotive. So uh, it's really exciting because you're getting to see technologies that are brand new, like green hydrogen. And we're getting in at the, like you said, like, like the professor did with Google. He came in at the, at the early stage for anybody who's, again, we're not getting investment advice, but obviously the earlier you get in, the more, the, the more you're going to make in the, in the long term. Absolutely. Because if you're a VC, you're coming in at the later stage, you're putting in 10 million, but you're going to take 20% of the company. But by that point, it just, with time, it just gets more diluted and more diluted. So, yeah. so let's say I'm somebody listening to this and I want to invest in a business startup. How would they get in contact with you to at least look at the prospectus, look at the, the data sheets that you guys have, and then they can decide if they want to invest or not. So the first thing we do, obviously, like connect with us, Arthur at downtownaccelerate.com or all our information is online. We would want to talk to, obviously, you want to always create a great match, right? It has yeah. to be connecting the right investor with the right company. So just like we have portfolios of companies, what type of companies, what are their mobility, autom uh, automotive, uh, SaaS companies, et cetera. So we want to have a, a similar sort of process for investors. Like, what are you looking for? Are you looking for really early stage? Some people... So, for example, for our finals, we had our keynote speaker was the head of GM Ventures, Wade Sheffer. So they're only looking at Series A, obviously, because they're GM. But your average investor, if you're an angel, you're looking at investing anywhere up to $100,000. Individually, potentially much more as a group. But uh, then you're coming in at the seed stage, right? So if a company is raising their seed family round, whatever. And again, um, you want to make sure that you're presenting the investor with the right companies that they want to look at because you don't want to waste anybody's time. Yeah. So you'd send them, obviously, the pitch deck if they're interested in that, then they can look at the terms. Okay. Are they doing, or do they want just straight shares or there's a lot of like convertible notes and things like that, obviously different vehicles for investing. But No, I love it. So that's cool. And then I know you, Chris, you do a lot of development um, and IT website stuff. Do you mind elaborating on that? on the services that you can provide to business owners as well? Sure. My, my firm, Christopher Pressy Design, is branding and web design. So I do anything from, from logos, your corporate collateral, which could be anything from your business cards to your trade show graphics and, and internal and external communications, websites, um, online storefronts. Um, and then uh, also some like, we can help with social media marketing and Google, okay. Google advertising, that type of thing. That's so cool. And then together, you guys just rock it. Yeah. It's a really, it, it's interesting how the universe brings people together. That yeah. the way that Arthur and I work together is, Both is only, only child. yeah. So we, we found our <laughs> after 10, brother, 10 yeah. plus years, we can read each other's minds at this yeah. point. We tend to be able to fulfill the needs of, of the businesses that come to us, yeah. um, either through us personally or through the network of people that we know from, from our experience that we can connect people with um, and provide those services. Oh, that's so cool. And then lastly, because I know we got to cut this, but um, you guys also have like a co-working space, right? Where if maybe you were, if I was somebody who was interested in your services or to see what you offer, I could come in there and just hang out. We do. Work it's, there for a little bit and then test the waters a little bit. We do. It's uh, in, inside our building. It's at 1501 Howard Avenue in Windsor. Just look for the giant copper turret. And right under, there's a giant A on the side of our logos, right on the side of the building. That's our co-working yeah. space. So it's a it's a big uh, 
concrete space. It's very industrial. It's super cool. Uh, just filled it with a whole bunch of plants too. So there's life and vibrancy in there now. But you can come in on and just try it out for a day. You can do a week pass or come monthly. But it's a great place to experience being an entrepreneur without the commitment of an office or the expense of an office. Uh, you can come in. You can. You're working with other entrepreneurs. You can get advice from us. You can sit down and talk with us. We're, we don't. Uh, we love to talk all the time. So, and also, uh, we, we've got one other thing that we, we recently launched too is a partnership with a co-working space in Detroit called Bamboo. Uh, and Bamboo has locations in Detroit and Royal Oak, and they're going to be opening one in Ann Arbor. So we now have a cross-border co-working membership nice. so that uh, we, we don't handle the international working part of it. You have to have that part taken care of. But if you're a business that's looking to expand into the United States or from the U.S. looking to come to Canada, that's a great way to start. Uh, you get a business address on both sides of the country. You get access to the services of both organizations. That's cool. So you can do um, mailing. And so stuff too, and you depending. can do mailing. So if you have a client in Detroit and you need a place to meet, you have a place to meet your client in Detroit that's not a coffee shop. That's so cool. I love it. What were you going to say there? You were going to say something. No, that's that Chris brought it up because I'm like, that's really cool. And I think Windsor, Detroit, we're probably the most unique in terms of the geographic location and the relationship that the two cities have had historically. Right? So, uh, it's an awesome opportunity, especially for those, um, especially for international companies that are looking to have access to both countries. And technically, Canada is much easier to come in and get your your, your shop here than in the U.S., but we still provide that opportunity. That's so cool. It's a cool building. Anybody who has not been to it has to at least check it out. I remember I had a ticket, parking ticket before, and I went in there. I don't know if there's still a tenant, but I went in there and they fought my ticket for me. So that was the very first experience I had of the place. <laughs> it was really cool. And then we did, uh, what is it, the escape room thing that's there. Is that still there? No, the escape no, room is not. Unfortunately, the skate park COVID. is also gone. We have new business. Skate park? Okay. What about the uh, boxing ring? Is that still there? No. That, that became the skate park. <laughs> okay. Skate yeah. Park. So it's uh, the beautiful part. It's like a constant uh, re reimagining, reimagining of the yeah. building. Yeah. And that's because it's so, such a broad variety of space. You've got light industrial, you've got office space. It's, it really provides companies a great opportunity. So let's say you even have a company that's doing some R&D, but also needs office space for their you know, engineers and whatnot. You, you can provide that in our building. So That's so yeah. cool. And just out of my curiosity, did you guys do anything with the basement yet? The basement was so cool, the opportunities that you could do there, but... Not yet. Not yet. Okay. But we have some great ideas for it. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing, you know what, to put it out to potential investors or partners, if they want to connect with us to see if they want to work with us, with our companies or anything within the building, we're always open. Okay. Um, I think, like I said, I think there's a great deal of opportunity here that we're just scratching the surface. Um, I believe it's all about finding a track like, finding the right people who share our mindset, who want to create a better future for themselves, but also for our region. And let's get wealthy together. I love it. I love it. I lo Let's get wealthy together, guys. <laughs> I love it. No, that's awesome. Thanks for coming on. What we'll do is in the description of this, because it's also going to go on YouTube and stuff, we'll put uh, all the links and everything for what we've discussed here today. So then if anybody here is watching this and you want to invest with them uh, or rent from them or be part of the, the whole economy that they've set up for business owners, it'll be available for you. Awesome. Thanks for coming, guys. Thanks so much. Thanks so much. I very much appreciate it, man. You're welcome. Take care, guys. If you're serious about real estate investing and you want to take it to the next level with the least amount of time and mistakes, then you're going to want to sign up for our Real Estate Investor Hub. 
visit CanadianRealEstateNetwork.com and hit the blue button or banner that says free investor resources. Inside, you'll have access to real estate investing courses, networking opportunities, webinars featuring industry professionals, as well as dedicated chat channels to share and get access to unique properties. I look forward to seeing you there.